Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nice. Really nice. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, final hour. There's Clay Thompson talking about the potential for a Warriors-Kings playoff series, which is currently still the most likely scenario now with just over 24 hours to go. I'm looking at about we're about 27 hours to go in the NBA regular season. couple of big games this afternoon, one in particular, uh, the Clippers and the Blazers playing at 1 o'clock. Uh, the Warriors are playing the Blazers tomorrow at 1230 and still a number of different scenarios. Uh, I tweeted out the the jelly bean color coded <laughs> Easter egg hunt style uh, breakdown that the NBA put out of every possible scenario five through nine involving what's left over the the next two days here. Uh, but there is there's still a lot of people that think that Clippers might tank to avoid Phoenix and drop the Warriors into playing It'll be hard the for Suns. them, though, too. They could, but it'll be difficult, and it'll be a little risky if they do. They they could, but, but they would fall out of the top six themselves unless the Pelicans also lose tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And the Pelicans are playing in Minnesota, and Minnesota, as long as Minnesota wins today against San Antonio, would be able to move ahead of the Pelicans with that win. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, there's just it's all connected, and we'll see what happens in the two games today if Minnesota slips up. I mean, hell, if the Clippers somehow can't beat Portland at home today, uh, that will make things uh, all the more uh, interesting with the Warriors and, and the ability for them to, to be five versus six. But uh, a lot of people, including one on the Comcast Business text line, Whitey, saying, hey, you guys are talking about this Sacramento matchup a lot. The Clippers are going to tank. They're, they don't want to play Phoenix. The Warriors are going to play Phoenix. We'll see about that. Right. Again, more risky than meets the eye because it's not a straight it's not a straight five versus six. If it was a straight five versus six, hey, Clippers win their five, lose their six, and the Warriors are five. If it was straightforward, and it may become that, but if it was that straightforward, I absolutely think the Clippers would try to tank and play Sacramento. I think that's just in their nature. It's their DNA. But they're not going to know until, you know, during their game, whether that's even possible. How do you lose if you're the Clippers two games to Portland and then the Suns, when they're not playing their guys, you'd have to have like, hey, Ty Lue, you're playing point guard today. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know there's if, ways if to do anybody, it. But... If anybody could do it, Whitey, the yeah. Clippers could do it. Clippers going to Clipper. Yep, you're right. The most on-brand thing for the Clippers moving you know, between – would be to tank for Sacramento, get Sacramento, and lose to Sacramento. Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. That would be the most on-brand thing for the Clippers. That would be and, a great and, series, too, because they played that, what, 176, 175 overtime, the, double the overtime. Clippers, yeah. let me tell you, the Clippers would be the only team stupid enough to get beat by the Kings twice in the last <laughs> month of the season including that game that you're talking about, and still think that the Kings are the best matchup for them, target them, and then get beat by them. Yeah, like That would yeah. be the most on-brand 
thing, although I think you could make a case that if Paul George doesn't come back, they've actually got a better chance to win that series because it'll force him to play harder than, than they'd have to play if he doesn't come back. But I, I digress. I promised phone calls. We've got calls. a lot to get into here. Final hour, Rich in Fremont. Uh, save me from going on a Clipper rant, Rich. You're on. You're on ninety-five-seven. The game. JD, you know I tell you something. I've been listening to you guys, and unfortunately, I can't save you, man. I can't because I'm looking at this as, as well as you are. And you know, it's funny. You look at both the conferences, and you know, you, you look at them and you say to yourself, "Man, you know, the West is the spiciest sports morsel of the two conferences because everything is just so close." But to your point, I think I think you're spot on. I don't I don't think the Clippers tank. I, I think the Clippers are are what we're seeing. You know, it's kind of sad. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if if the Lakers and the Pelicans win and the Clippers lose, and the Clippers find themselves in the ninth spot, or you know, or something something similar to that. Because when you look at the Lakers and the Pelicans, they're playing well. They're both eight and two. You know the, the the Clippers are five and five, so it's like, and then I don't know if it's because Paul George isn't in, but right now the Clippers look like the team that is just is just soft and they're slipping at the wrong time, and and this can get ugly for them. The other thing is you were talking about Jordan Poole earlier, and I think his his problem right now is that he's just trying to do too much. You know he needs to let the game come to him. In other words, do what you need to do to make the game comfortable for you. Don't try to overthink it. Don't try to overshoot. Don't don't try to do things that you know that doesn't bring your A game. Listen, guys, thank you. Have a good afternoon. Yeah, appreciate it. And, Rich, the scenario that he laid out where let's say the Clippers lose one. If the Clippers lose one and the Lakers and the Pelicans both win, the Clippers would be eighth. Yeah, and but the, – the, the Warriors would move up to fifth, assuming they win, but the Clippers would be eighth. Go, go ahead, Whitey. Well, I was just going to say, Rich is right, obviously. The Lakers are eight uh, in two in their last ten, and so are the Pelicans, but the Clippers did just beat the Lakers in a big And game. they beat them yeah. four out of four. Yeah, yeah. Both both versions. The Clippers played the, the – like, the, the Clippers beat them when the Lakers had Westbrook. The Clippers beat them when the Clippers had Westbrook. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not like the Kings, who got to play Westbrook six times this season. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think just, one every game. I, I don't know. One, or five. At, I, I don't know how, if you're the Clippers, how you would lose. Oh, we got to lose to this Portland team, and then we got to lose to the Suns without playing anybody. I'm sure they could. I honestly don't want to think about what that would look like and how they would do that. So I hope it doesn't well, any, come to that. I, I will say this as far as the game goes today for the Clippers. If you've watched the NBA regularly, which I know you do, the Clippers can lose to anybody in an afternoon game down at at staples or crypto.com arena they they it like it so to think hey portland's tanking and they're playing nobody and they don't even want to win like the clippers can can lose to anybody in an afternoon game at at the form the arena formerly known as staples center down down in la so just i'm just just saying keep an eye on that one it it Keep an eye. Like, don't count that one. Like, everybody's talking about tomorrow and what do they do tomorrow. Like, they could actually lose today, <laughs> believe it or not. Like, just when they're trying to win because mm. they're just playing too cool. Wow. Maybe so. I don't see it. Maybe I just don't want to see it. Maybe I just don't want it to come to that. Hmm. All right. Luke. Luke in San Francisco. What's going on, Luke? Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Awesome. Um, well, I've just got a couple of points after hearing for a while, um, so bear with me. Um, so with Kaminga, um, I think his issue has been kind of like a QB read um, situation. You know, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Looney, even Dante with the fluidity of knowing what to do all the time on on offense. And Kaminga, I feel, is struggling and hesitating when the first option isn't there. He's not sure whether to attack or whether to continue and pass the ball. And that split second is just killing him because it's giving, when he does attack, it's giving defenders enough time to react and get back into just enough position to disrupt him again. Um, That was 
kind of my thing with the Warriors offense. Uh, the live ball turnovers for the Warriors, it's, um, it's taken us out of the game, and it's, it's unforced errors down the stretch. Like uh, the Timberwolves fourth quarter would be my example for that. Just an unreal last four minutes, and it wasn't because the Timberwolves clamped down on us. It was just unforced errors, and they've been doing that, and they you know, if they can just get that down and um, mitigate those, you know, I think that'll put them in a great position. Uh, my next point was, like, um, with Gobert and Sabonis, um, the comparison I feel that they need to do what they do to Gobert in the Jazz series of past years to Sabonis to kind of um, take him out of the game and not let him be I know he's a better offensive player than Gobert is and probably not as good a defender, but, um, you know, they just need to kind of get him into that role where he never really clicks with the team and figures out what he's doing in the series because it just kind of keeps rotating. And then my last point was um, the, I feel the Warriors were kind of the disappointment in the West, not as much Dallas. All of our young players were kind of supposed to take that next proverbial step, and none really have except for maybe Kaminga. And you could almost argue that Jordan Poole has kind of regressed and um, Moody a little bit too, and obviously Wiseman didn't work out. Um, But those were my points, guys. Um, Have a great day. Uh, Take care, guys. There's no doubt you have to put the Warriors in the in the category of disappointment. Similarly, I think, to the Lakers, Clippers, and, and Suns before they got Durant for a lot of different reasons. I mean, it, it, it's why the standings are as they are you know, here down the stretch. I, a good point on Kaminga, too, I, I think, as far as the that, that first read and knowing what to do. I, I will say this, and again, a lot of people coming down my road on the Comcast business text line, as they always do with Kaminga, uh, when, when I am critical of him, I think because people are, are just—it's like, oh my gosh, you can't you can't criticize Kaminga for anything. Uh, <laughs> I think he's been pretty good. He's he's been pretty good. Like he's—I think he's been pretty good at figuring out some of the cuts and reads and think that's why he's played better. Like I, I sometimes I feel like people don't really understand that that he's. He's played better offensively over the last month in a lot of these games because he's doing it in the framework of the Warriors' offense and not and not doing it because he's being uh, unleashed, so to speak. If that if that makes like I think a lot of people take his production and and misrepresent it as him being unleashed. Yeah. They're unleashing the rookie well, that's spreading his wings and flying and dominating and it's like no, he's actually playing like Gary Payton the second in the war in the Warriors offense. To that point, I heard a stat recently that Kaminga the more minutes he has, the better he plays. And I'm sure there are some people that would look at that and say, see, sure. Steve Kerr needs to play him more. It's like, no, 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 no. That's not how it works. He plays more because he's playing better. If he's playing poorly, they're not going to give him more minutes. He plays more because he's playing better. He doesn't play better because he's playing more. So that's the whole key with him. And again, I, you know, for all the back and forth about him and where this is all going to go, I think we all agree. Uh, and and Luke made the comment. Uh, he's he's been a positive this year, but that's the biggest reason why they're not as far along right now as they hoped they'd be. Uh, is because the young players. That was a plan this year. The young players were going to step up and they were going to give them some of the things that guys like Otto Porter game last year didn't work out, and they're working that out. But that's why overall they've been a disappointment. Just real quick, as we talk about Portland playing the Clippers today and then the Warriors tomorrow, Portland. This Thursday, this was their starting lineup. JD, real. I know we got to get back to the phones. John, I know. John Butler, Jonathan Williams, <laughs> Drew Eubanks, who had a big game. Skyler Mays and Trendon Watford. And I will say they only they only lost by two to San Antonio. But that's the team that the the Clippers. Even if they wanted to lose to that team, I don't know that they could. Well, and they and. Look, they almost that's that's also the team that that beat Minnesota uh, what okay. 6 days ago. That's also the team that that hung with Memphis a little bit. Like they they have been like, I'm not making the case for Portland, but I no, guess I, I know, am kind of making the case. Well, you're, for, yeah. They've been Chauncey Billups more says the Clippers. Chauncey Billups says these guys don't even know each other to be honest. 
with you. He says, I just tell him to play fast. So it'll be interesting to see. It's just hard to imagine uh, them giving uh, the Clippers or the Warriors any problem. But you're right. You, the Clippers, you never know with the freaking Clippers. You never know. 888-957-9570. Eric in San Francisco next year on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Eric? Hey, guys. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hello. Um, sorry if you addressed this in the 10 o'clock hour, but I was wondering what your thoughts are about Jordan Poole being the most important, not valuable, but important player for the playoffs. Because Wiggins is going to be working his way in, and when Poole can get going, he can carry that second unit. But if Poole plays like he did last night, we see the 17-point lead go down to 1. We see the 20-point lead go down to, what, 8 or 10? And it kind of seems like we need the Poole who played so well in the Denver and Memphis series and not the Poole who was tentative in the Dallas series. So I was thinking that Poole may be our most important player for the playoffs if we're going to make it run. I'll take uh, your thoughts offline. Thanks. He he's up there. I I, I mean, you're not going to get much disagreement with me. I, I don't know about Poole carrying the second unit. I I think that's where. Like, yeah. I, again, I look at last night and he was not good, but Poole was okay at the beginning of that stretch when he was playing with starters. You can't you can't play Poole with Moody and Kaminga and Looney and DiVincenzo and say carry the group. Like that's just not going to work. And so. You know, it, it that's not going to work against the Kings with Fox and Sabonis. It didn't work with the against the Kings last night. It doesn't work against Phoenix. It doesn't work against anybody, Whitey. So yeah, yeah that that all has to be uh, evaluated there. Don't you think, JD, in a perfect world, and, and dear listener, if if I have Wiggins back at some point and he's Wiggins, then and and Poole is having one of those games like he had last night. He's like, man, he's just not helping me. I've got other options because I DiVincenzo can take some of the pool yeah. minutes. Yeah, so that's if that's the upside to having Wiggins back. You wouldn't have to rely, in theory, as much on pool if you were having one of those games. And I again, I think um, Mike Brown and the Kings may have a better shot at shutting him down than other teams. But uh, that would be a good luxury to have. No, no doubt. I, I and I think I, I, there are that is one thing. But again, it comes down to other options. Comes down to finishing lineups yeah. as well, which mm-hmm. was something that our our guy Sri brought up earlier in in his number of things. Like he hasn't been in the closing lineup three of the last five. Like Jordan Poole is not a made dude in terms of being in the closing lineup. I mean, and, and Wiggins does factor into this, Whitey. But we always talk about it, Steph and Clay. And Wiggins and Draymond, if they're all whole and 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 who you know the best version is of themselves and able to play, that's four of the closing five, and the fifth could be Poole, it could be Looney, it could be Divincenzo, it could be Peyton. I think Steve Kerr showed us last night if Peyton can play into the twenties in terms of minutes. And I think even a fifth option could be Kaminga on a night where if, if Kaminga is playing well and, and, and is effective, he could be somebody that could be in that closing lineup. So who who is the fifth among the, the closers, I think, is a storyline for the Warriors as the playoffs get ready to, to begin here. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with pool, which pool you get on a given night. If it's the pool that's making the poor decisions, to me, if I'm a coach, I can't trust him on the floor, especially in a big game, given the other options I have. Let's go to Duck Sauce. Yeah. Uh, next here on 957 the game. What's going on, Duck Sauce? How are you, Duck Sauce? Hey, Whitey JD. Good to talk to you guys. Uh, re- really cool meeting you guys. Yeah, it was back. awesome. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to thank you both for all your hard work uh, throughout this season because uh, the week to week's been hectic. You guys actually gave me some sanity, you know, every week. So thank you both for that. Um, I just wanted to give a couple takes. Uh, one on the, the Kaminga thing. Um, you know, I do agree that the, the, the pull up into the mid range looks a lot more fluent, but the, the three and to his credit, he has been knocking down the wide open ones, but you're not really, you know, you're not really, I don't think you can really shoot the ball until you can do it with fluidity, meaning how fast you can do it, you know, and he still can't do it fast to me. That's the big thing. Um, not to say that won't come cause I, I you know, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's going to be a really good player still, but as far as the three ball for now, until he can do it quickly, to me, he can't really shoot it. Um, same thing, you know, with even great players like John ja ja Moran. I don't, I don't respect his three. I don't think he can do it fast. You know, he can do everything else on the court fast, but he can't do that quickly. 
Um, the other thing I wanted to say is, uh, you know, not to jump ahead, but if we do get the the, the king, uh, I, I want to see if Sabonis can can finish through contact because I I know he had one game even against us this year where they, he had about I think twenty and twenty twenty points twenty rebounds or something like that. So I, I do respect him, but just the eye test to me, he has trouble finishing through physicality, and that plays into Draymond's hands big time. So when the refs put the whistles away, you know, for the playoffs. I want to see if that plays in our favor, and and I'm hoping it does. Uh, The last thing I want to say is, you know, this Denver record would have been good enough for fourth place last year. So this thing's wide open, and and it's go time, fellas. Good points. Yeah, thanks, Thanks, Duck Sauce. No, no, good stuff there, without a doubt. And, yes, Sabonis, good defensive centers have – Limited Sabonis a little bit at the rim. I know there were a couple times Gobert lately, but again, that's Gobert. Had, had Walker Kessler had a really nice game against against Sabonis where he stopped him at the rim a little bit, and that is a key. You know, paint touches are a big part of Mike Brown's offense. They run high post stuff. They run a lot of the Bogut stuff. I know Steve Kerr mentioned that last night. How he sees a lot of what the Warriors would run with Bogut. Uh, back in the day in the stuff that, that Brown runs with uh, the Kings and the dribble handoffs and the high post and the, the cutting. I mean, they, they really have taken a lot of the Kings' offense and, and put it to work uh, in with what they're doing in, in Sacramento. But, yeah, physicality has been a question for Sabonis and the ability to just defend both ways uh, have been the knocks on him. Hasn't really been an issue this year where no. he's been – Kind of a mini mini Jokic in a lot of ways this year with the passing and running the offense through him and and dominant play. I think he had a double double in seventy over seventy of their games. He's been amazing. He double double in. Yeah, and a word around the league uh, and, on him you know, is that, yeah. I, to your point, JD. I'm sorry, but as you say, he's, uh, word on him is that he's he's a willing defender, but not necessarily a very good one. But he's been a he's been a a contributing defender this year. Um, I don't know if you saw the Dallas game, but teams are starting to do some things with him, not to get too wonky, but it may come down to this with the Warriors, where on the catch they're they're blitzing him more, and he hadn't seen mm-hmm. a lot of that this year. And the Kings have had some issues with that. Uh, and so I'm, I would be quite surprised if we don't see more of that from the Warriors. Also, we know the Warriors like to play zone. The Kings at times have struggled this year with the zone. But the Kings is like they have one offense for three quarters. You go through Sabonis. Then the fourth quarter yes. like, De'Aaron, where are you? So it's really interesting. Yes. It's like they have plan A and then plan B, which is fourth quarter specific for De'Aaron Fox. No, that's a great call. You're right. They run everything kind of te- – it's kind of like the Warriors running their open you know, offense – and then, but in the fourth quarter, it's a lot of pick and roll. It's a lot of just give it to Fox and yeah. let him get in transition and try and pull up from from ten to seventeen feet or get all the way to the bucket. Uh, that that you're right. It is it is two different offenses, and that's why Fox has been the best fourth quarter player in the in the NBA in, in terms of scoring to this point this season. All right, eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Let's go to Rich in Oakland next here on. 95.7 the game. Hey, Rich. Hey, um, I have a question about Wiggins coming back. Uh, I was wondering whether you could remind me how important he was to last year's playoff run because I, I remember thinking the Western Conference Finals, he was the best player overall, and I don't think the Warriors stopped uh, Tatum without Wiggins. And then he was really important rebounding because, you know, uh, especially now he would be really important because Otto Porter was a a very good rebounder. They don't have that kind of size. And from what I've heard, Wiggins is coming back a lot leaner, lighter. He doesn't seem as muscular. Um, and I, I don't see how he, he puts on the muscle in a week to really plug the holes on the boards and the kind of physical defense they need. And if he was really that important, which I think he was, like there's no championship run last year without him, where do the Warriors stand? Uh, even if Wiggins is, you know, coming back and playing good minutes. Well, it gets a lot harder. I'll, I'll say that, Rich. As, as far as you could make a case last year, Whitey, that that he was the second best player in the playoffs for the Warriors, top to bottom, after Steph. Like to me, that's not that's not an unfair statement. Like it was Steph. Who is the Warriors' best player in the playoffs? Steph. Who is their second best player in the playoffs? 
Wiggins. Like you could, we could yeah. have a, a mm-hmm. legitimate debate about that. So he was hugely important as far as that goes. I don't know about the body type. I know just from watching him in the the press conference the other night. Uh, before the the home finale against the Thunder, I know a lot of people did make the the point that he looks leaner or thinner or, or however you want to characterize it. Uh, I, I don't know. I, you know, I don't know how that impacts things. But he was a hell of a rebounder in the in the playoffs, and he he just was kind of a do it all guy. I mean, he's the one guy, Whitey, uh, that you know we've we've talked a lot about. Is it going to be the Kings? Is it going to be Phoenix? If the Warriors lose, it could be somebody else. But uh, you know. Wiggins is the one guy who would guard Durant if it's Durant. He would guard Kawhi if it's Kawhi. He would, go, but he would also guard Fox or John Morant mm-hmm. if it's Sacramento or Memphis. In a, in you know, in a lot of ways, as the the primary. So uh, he he is the most important defender, I think, in in many ways because they've been so tough to 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 be able to defend on the on the point of attack and if the Warriors do have a chance to contend for another championship that's why it's because defensively if they get Wiggins back and you have Peyton and DiVincenzo's playing well and we know that Kuminga has improved defensively this year they're a different team than they were you know when they were really struggling on that uh, southeast road trip in uh November that would be why. And Steve Kerr has said that. You know, what's the problem? Defense, defense. We know they had a lot of problems. We've talked about this guy's development, that guy's development. But they are a different team defensively right now, especially if Wiggins is back. And that is the reason why they still have a chance to compete for another title. 888-957-9570. More phone calls ahead. Final segment. It's Warriors this week. Our fi- T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Final regular season segment Uh, on 95.7 The Game. Special. I mean, my earliest memories of the NBA are in Portland, in the Rose Garden at the Coliseum. My dad being a Blazer, and just I love going up there and just loved watching Rashid and Damon and Arvidas. I mean, those teams were special in my heart. A lot of heartbrokenness, though, when we lost the Lakers in West Finals, but just some glorious times. I mean, I saw Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen play in 98. I'll never forget that and just really enjoyed going to the games up there. And I was so blessed to be able to accompany my dad to those best memories. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, Clay Thompson talking about the Warriors finishing the season in Portland tomorrow. Uh, kind of, you know, un- I-, I liked going up to Portland during the, the playoff runs. So but the Warriors played in Portland in 16, 17, and 19 in the Western Conference, Conference Finals. finals yeah. And, yeah, that, th- that run over, and obviously McCollum now with – with the Pelicans and now Dame, uh, is he going to finally ask out of Portland? It sounds like Chauncey Billups is probably going to get fired, and, and rightfully so. So, uh, yeah, a, a lot of change. You know, Portland tried to do it a couple of different ways. They felt like they reached the end of the line with Dame and CJ, broke them up, end of the line with Terry Stotts, bro- haven't been better for that move, and then, you know, they go get Jeremy Grant. They do have some young talent. You know, Shadon Sharp is a, is a really good 
young player. Uh, Anthony Simons is a nice player, although I think he's more of a of a Jordan Poole offense only type of a of a player. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, they've called off the dogs. They they could you know they could be a team that if they somehow got lucky and that oh, mid yeah. lottery yeah that mid lottery group has has hit and moved up a lot in recent years. If Portland somehow were able to get uh, Wimbayama. They would they would have action immediately as as a lot of teams would but but you know them in Utah are the two where it's like oh you get yeah you get one Miami you you could be a, a playoff team as soon as maybe next year real quick I got a question for you I know we got to get to the phones and if you don't have an answer now I'll I'll revisit it so just let me throw it sure. out there based on on Clay's comments you know you got Clay his dad played and of course Steph and his dad played Clay was talking about Arvidas Sabonis Arvidas Sabonis's son. DeMontis playing, maybe the Warriors see them uh, coming up here. If you took all the father-son combos in NBA history and you had both the father and the son at the peak of their abilities, who would win a two-on-two tournament? And again, like I said, I'll come back, give you time to think about that, unless you have an answer off the top of your head. But you'd have you know, Rick Barry and probably Brent, uh, Clay and Michael would be good. I've had some people say the Sabonises would be really tough to beat. I don't know. Arvidas was a really good player, but uh, I'll ask you next time if I think of it uh, what you think there, uh, if you have an answer to that. Who would be the all-time two-on-two father-son NBA tourney winner? Two kill, two skilled seven-footers with the Sabonises. Yeah, that, very that skilled, be, yeah. I yeah. mean, seven-footers that could pass and put it on the deck. and Shoot a little bit, too, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and shoot it a little bit as well. I mean, that's a good one. I would say, I mean, if you're getting peak Michael Thompson, that's... That'd be my pick, I think, is Clay and his daddy. Yeah, yeah. I I would say peak Michael Thompson, and I never really saw peak Michael Thompson. That was kind of before my time. But I, I think I think I might lean Clay and peak Michael Thompson Yeah, as the, the father-son combo. Yeah, two-on-two, two, dad, get me the ball. Rebound, defend him, get me. That's all Michael would have to do, right? Give me the ball so I can shoot threes, dad, and I'll take care of you. Yeah. Uh, we're going to get back to the phones here. I, I also, you know, we've been talking a lot about, you know, the scenarios, of course, and if the Warriors win, they're going to be five or six, depending upon what happens with the Clippers. Clippers have two games left, including one that's going to start top of next hour against Portland. The, the whole who do you want to play conversation, Whitey, has been there, Phoenix or Sacramento, because those are the two most likely uh, opponents that the Warriors will face based on the, the math and, and the percentages as far as how things shake out, assuming the Clippers play it, you know, straight up with the Clippers tank a game, risky. We've gotten into all that. Uh, th- there's one more question for you that's that's independent of all of that that I want to ask you, uh, which we'll get to here coming up on 95.7 The Game. But uh, we do want to get back to the phones. A lot of people patiently waiting, so let's get through it quickly here. Uh, and still time to sneak in a couple of more at 888-957-9570. But let's, uh, let's get back to it with Jonathan in San Francisco here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Jonathan? Hey, happy Saturday, J.D. and uh, Whitey. I don't know if you guys remember, about 25 games ago, I called you guys that one Saturday and told you guys, Warriors... I want them to be 500 in the, you know, the 15 first games, uh, 25 games remaining, and then finish strong. And I think I'm one win away, the last win of the regular season, for my prediction to be right. Because I, I told you guys I wanted to go at least 8-2, last 10 games, head into the playoffs nice and hot. So I'm feeling real, real good about our Warriors, man. I feel like we're about to see some real fun in the playoffs. And I don't care about the other teams. I just know that my dubs are rounding into form. Let's go, dubs! Well, Jonathan, thanks for the call, and we appreciate the spirit. Jonathan actually was reading my mind as to the question that I was going to throw at you, which is, for all of the talk about all the other stuff, are the Warriors playing their best basketball at the right time? They've won 7 of 9. Tomorrow would be 8 of 10. They're a season high, five games over 500. Tomorrow would be a season high if they win six games over at the end of the season. 8 of 10 would be among their best stretches. They had a, a 10 and 3, 10 and 4 stretch back uh, early in the season after they got off to the 3 and 7 start when they were relatively whole. But are, are we burying the lead and because the bad nights have been ugly and some of the good nights haven't been pretty 
that the Warriors are, are playing their best basketball right now. They, and they're getting Wiggins back. They are, and they've put a lot of the dysfunctional things that plagued them all year long behind them. You know, going back to, we all know what they were, the punch uh, and the young players not performing. All these things that seem to be tripping this team up. Uh, defense was uh, one of them. They still have issues with turnovers, and they still, I know they had a road win last night, but they're even playing better on the road. So that's another thing heading into the postseason. Some of those clouds that were hanging over them. Other than, you know, you got Bob Myers' situation, things next year, but right now uh, it looks like, all right, we're fully focused as a team now on basketball, and they are playing their best basketball of the year. So I understand Jonathan's enthusiasm, and hey, good for him if he if he called this. I don't doubt that he did. Let's keep it moving on the phone lines. 888-957-9570. No cap in Oakland. What's going on, no cap? Hey, what's going on, J.D. and Whitey? Hey. What's going on, man? Yeah, what's up? Yeah, well, we got you, no cap. What's on your mind? Okay. All right. I was gonna say, uh, I think that uh, JP should start uh, uh, doing the King series uh, because uh, the Kings aren't good defensively anyway. So uh, I think that Poole could really attack them and get to the cup. And yeah, I think he uh, it'll be. It kind of reminds me of that, that Devil series from last year. I think he he'd be good starting. And also, uh, I was gonna say, uh, the diehard Dubs fan, I do not think. That the Warriors will beat the Kings. Uh, to be be one hundred honest with, you. I just think the offense is just too much to overcome um, with the decline of Clay, and I don't know uh, which Clay I'm going to get from night to night, and the lack of shooting on the roster. I don't think Steph is enough, and I don't know what I'm going to get from Poole either. So, and also uh, my last question I will have to ask is Whitey. Uh, Whitey, I always see you drinking Pepsi's. Uh, how many Pepsi's do you go through a week? <laughs> have a good one, guys. <laughs> I'll answer that. Not nearly as many as I used to. Uh, I don't drink it a lot other than when I – and I only have one today. J.D. knows he's worked with me. There was a time when you wouldn't believe the answer to that, uh, no cap. Yeah. But now it's – I mean, I don't even do – I probably don't even do uh, you know, a six-pack a week at this point. There, there was a time way back in the day – you mind me saying – I mean, there was a time where I – and, I, again, I may, I may have exaggerated it in my mind, but, but in, your, in your morning show days, I, yeah. I want to say there was a time where you would bring a cooler of maybe yeah. six in for yeah. a show. Yeah, and didn't usually like a four-hour show. Yeah, didn't usually, six. didn't usually get through that, but I think it, had, it, you know, it would happen. Yeah. <laughs> like you'd have a little, little one of those little coolers, yeah, and there'd be like a six pack of Pepsi in the in the yeah. cooler, and you would just kind of yeah. one by one through right. a four hour show. And then I wondered I was like, why. Oh my I, gosh, yeah, I had some trouble sleeping. Then JD and I'd wonder how come I'm not sleeping better. What's going on? Yeah, it took me a well, while to sort that out. Yeah, when you're doing a morning show though, and you've done morning show for a long time. How many years you've done a morning show? Uh, in, in your career, a lot 20, of years. I think more than twenty years of, of morning shows, radio. So now. you need a few. You need a few Pepsi's. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. That's right. To get you through doing a morning show, <laughs> uh, but yeah, as far as you know, the Sacramento matchup to go back to no cap is not is no picnic, and I think that is the the best way to to put it. And you know, it's the, the offensively. I don't think they've been given enough credit for it's not just hey they have a really good offense and they don't defend and there are ways the Warriors can exploit them and I do think the Warriors win a series against Sacramento if the Warriors play buttoned up but it's still not going to be easy I I don't see any real scenario where it's it's not a six or a seven game series at this point but we're talking about a historically great offense it's not just Hey, everybody scores more, so the Kings are scoring more, and they're doing it better than everybody. This is over the last – we're talking offensive rating per 100 possessions, the best offense in the last 49 years in the NBA, Whitey. Yeah, and I know some people say, well, yeah, and I think you made this point, well, the Kings aren't defending. Well, nobody defends, but it's still, relatively speaking, some teams, the better teams typically are still defending better than some of the lesser teams. And as great as the Kings are offensively, their own coach, Mike Brown, has said many times, he said, we, are, we can't guard people. We're very bad defensively. They've shown some improvement in that area. They've oddly been better on the road defensively, which is really unusual. But, you know, there have been so many uh, unusual things like that this year with all the NBA teams. It, we're still figuring that one out. But if, in short, if they don't defend better, it's hard for me to imagine them even winning a series. And it's been a challenge for them. They admit that. 
Mike Brown wants them to be grittier and defend better, and they're going to have to for as wonderful as the season has been for them. Light the beam. It's been great. They have to play better defense or they're not going to have a chance of accomplishing anything. 888-957-9570. Back to the phones we go. Ryan here in, in traffic on a Saturday on 95.7 the game. That's no fun. Hey, guys. What's going on, good Ryan? to talk to you again. Um, you know, I, I agree. I think really the only convenience about playing Sacramento is that, you know, hey, it's just down the road. Like, travel is, is less than what you're expecting to, to do in the Western Conference. But the truth is, is like, you know, they're going to be tough. They're going to wear you down. They're, it's like you said, they're going to definitely take us game after game, maybe six or seven. Um, I think we know what this team is capable of. Uh, whether or not we have to play Phoenix, L.A., or Sacramento in the first round, it's no big deal. I think it's time to test just how good this brand of basketball the Warriors are playing. You know, I think getting GP2 back really boosted a lot of confidence uh, defensively and, you know, maybe even put them back into a comfortable place and rhythm. So maybe that's why we're seeing better basketball on the road. Um, I'm, I'm glad that they were able to continue to get these wins on the road despite it just being up the road in Sacramento. But we'll see tomorrow, too, with Portland. And um, I think it would be great, though, at least to give Andrew Wiggins the time to have that rest off before the play-in tournament. Um, I don't know. Do you think that he needs to hit the weight room again, or do you think – Mostly that he's been getting his reps in on the floor is the most important part. Yeah, it, 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 thanks for the call, Ryan. I, I don't, I, I'm, I don't think there's much to the weight thing. Not at I, this point. I know point. people have pointed it out. I mean, yeah. let, let's see him play first. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, let's. I know people. Like, oh, what's going on? And and and, and all of that. Uh, and it had been reported that that it was you know something with his father. I know he chose not to not to address that, but a very serious thing with Shams who had had that nugget uh, earlier in the week. And so, uh, you know, again, all the best to, to Wiggins and, and his family as, as he makes his return to the team. But uh, let's see how he is on the floor before we start overanalyzing, you know, what, what kind of shape he's in or does he need to bulk up or, or any of that kind of stuff. Well, is would there even be time for him to bulk up for this playoff no. run? Yeah, I mean, like... like but I also him. don't think you lose as much, and somebody pointed this out in the text line, I also don't think you lose... You know, a significant amount of your mass in six weeks either. Right, right. Uh, real quick here, the worst teams in the NBA this season so far in defensive rating, San Antonio's last, Houston's 29th, Detroit 28th, Portland 27th, Indiana 26th, and then Sacramento. So if there's yeah. a weakness there, that's that's where you the Warriors gotta have to take advantage. you got to make them pay. Yeah, yeah. you got to make them pay. Like, that's the thing. Like, you're not, you're not going to shut them down. Like, I don't care how – like, you're just you're, – to me, and, and in a crazy way – Whitey, that matchup is more about can your offense, for as great as their offense is, the Kings' offense, it's it's really can your offense do enough to not only match them, but also to where your offensive mistakes right. don't fuel their already great offense that's going to be hard to slow down even if you are playing good defense. And that's, yeah. that's where I think the game gets dicey. For, for the Warriors a little bit. Not that they can't do it. Again, I'm right now as I sit here and, and we won't have – well, I guess we would have time to do it on this show next week because the playoffs will not start until we're off the air next week uh, on Saturday. But but if I'm sitting here today and picking that series, I would pick Warriors in seven. So I'm not saying they can't win it. But I, I'm just saying that they do pose some challenges. Like the Warriors are going to have to be a really good freaking version of themselves to beat Sacramento. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. As far as next Saturday, I mean, we'll see because we don't know who's going to be playing, right? I mean, we don't know what the playoff schedule is because it starts next Saturday, right? But, yeah, it's always this way in the playoffs, but extra possessions will be so vitally important, especially in this series. So you're right. You don't want to turn – this is a great offense. You don't want to give them extra chances by turning the ball over. And I think second-chance points are going to be huge in this series – and Kevon Looney's offensive rebounding is going to be a really, really important thing for the Warriors against the Kings. If couple, again, if they end up playing them, I know it's not a done deal yet. Couple of people checking in on the father-son combinations on the Comcast Business Text Line, Whitey. Yeah, uh, you went with Clay and, and Michael Thompson. The six five zero says nobody would score on the Paytons. 
meaning Gary, Gary and Gary <laughs> Payton the second. So that that's a nod for the Paytons. Nobody would score on the Paytons. Fair. Our buddy Greg in San Francisco, Kobe and his dad would be excellent. That's oh. a that's a really that's a really good call. Yeah. Uh, as well. And the five one zero, no consideration for the greatest father son co- uh, combination for Mike Dunleavy Senior and Mike Dunleavy Junior. Now I don't remember Mike Dunleavy Senior, the player, shoot. Whitey. He could shoot, JD. He could shoot it. Okay. Yeah. yeah that was that was that was in our our time our time gap there. Uh, but yeah. What about uh, so what, a, what about Bill Walton and his son who used to coach the Warriors? Uh, what do you think they would do as a tandem? Uh, not not <laughs> not enough. <laughs> I tend to agree. They would be not would, enough. Yeah, they wouldn't be <laughs> seated very well in the tournament. That's my answer. Not enough. And then the ultimate five one zero. The ultimate disrespect. What about Dell and Steph Curry? You're not including the greatest shooting father-son combination yeah. ever. Dell and Steph point. could Dell and Steph could be in our play-in, our play-in tournament of father-son combinations. Yeah, they'd definitely be in there. I think they'd have issues defensively. Uh but you know, if Steph makes everything, it's not going to matter. No, no doubt. I think they would have issues defensively. Uh the the Wiggins <laughs> could the Wiggins could in, could join the tournament. Lonzo with and Lavar just Lonzo and Lavar just got up in age. Well, Lavar <laughs> didn't play in the NBA though. <laughs> Pace and Nico Mannion getting a, a little bit of run too. So uh, yeah, yeah. Rick, yeah. Rick Barry and his sons. That's a whole team. Brent and Scooter <laughs> and John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They win. The Barrys win the five on five game. <laughs> yeah. The, the Barrys win the five on five. The Currys win the three on three the berries win the five on five mm-hmm. yeah right yeah uh minute <laughs> and bull bull yeah uh, minute could sling it yeah and they'd have, they'd have great rim protection so i uh, yeah no, they, yeah we'll never that, know but no, it'd be that's fun. A, yeah yeah they're they these are great i i mean this, what a perfect <laughs> way to close out the show minute and bull bull would be that would be dynamic yeah i, I want to see minute and bull bull play against Arvidas and Demonis Sabonis. Mm-hmm. My my give me goal. The, give me the seven foot bracket. The seven foot plus bracket. My goal is to talk to some people that would know and talk to some of the people that would be involved and maybe on Father's Day one way or the other, actually having some sort of uh, you know poll result or something on who the winner of this tournament would be. But these are some great suggestions. LeBron and Bronny. I don't think Bronny qualifies yet, but I was thinking of LeBron and Bronny as well. No, that's they they could definitely be in the conversation here within within the next couple of years. Uh wrapping things up here and, and we'll see what happens again, just reiterating, uh if the Warriors win tomorrow, they can be no worse than sixth, no better than fifth. Uh it depends on what happens with the Clippers. Clippers have two games. They're playing in about twenty minutes against Portland, who the Warriors play tomorrow. Uh, that game is down in L.A., and then the Clippers play in Phoenix against the Suns, who are going to rest everybody uh, among their big players tomorrow as they're locked into the four seed. Uh, a Warriors win and two Clipper wins equals the Warriors are six. A Warriors win and a Clipper loss in either of these final two, and the Warriors are five. Five means you play Phoenix. Six means you play Sacramento as the Kings are now locked into the three. Uh, we didn't talk really much about this today, but I, I did want to get your thoughts on what did you make of Mike Brown not playing his guys against the against the Warriors? I found it to be interesting, and if they do wind up playing each other, I, I do think you could make the case it was a statement of either one, we want you, meaning the Kings want the Warriors, and or two, we're not afraid of you. We're just going to let it let it happen as it happens. I think that adds some spice and some gamesmanship to this playoff series if it winds up coming to fruition here in the next 25, 26 hours. My guess would be that Mike Brown's smart enough to know not to poke the bear at all. I don't know that there'd be upside but did there. He? Uh, well, I don't know. I, to me... The reasoning was purely tactical. And I understand what you're saying, and maybe you're right, and maybe it was a message more to his own team, and if, if they get riled up, if the Warriors get riled up about it, I don't care. I want to send this message to us 
that we're not afraid of them. But I think it was just tactically is like they have to play. Uh, they have to win this game. They have to play hard. We're going to see how they do that. We don't have to do that. Some of our bench players that aren't going to play a lot in a series against them, they're going to play a lot in this game tonight. And as you said, I mean, if the Kings were to win that game, it'd be like, wow, tremendous. If they lose, ah, no big deal. A lot of fans up there were very disappointed. There were a lot of lot of Warrior fans up there as well, right, J.D.? But I think it was tactical from the Kings' standpoint. It's like, we don't have to show you anything, but you have to win this game, so advantage Kings, yeah. potentially. I'm I'm with you. It was a it, they make it a, a a zero upside mind bleep game as I yeah, called it early yeah. when we when we touched on it a little bit. But I also think I also think it is it is interesting. I do think the Warriors can take some offense to it if if they if it winds up being that matchup. I'm not saying they will, but if they wanted to, I think they could. One final uh, we've we've got a we've got a mom son combination. What about Javale and Pam McGee? Sure. Pam McGee, great. Great player. Once again, uh, they'd be in the seven-foot bracket, right? Yeah. They'd yeah. be in the seven-foot yeah. bracket with the Sabonises and uh, and the Bulls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, good stuff there. Whitey, awesome, man. We'll talk our playoff preview Woo-hoo! next Saturday. Yes. We'll be leading up, hopefully, to game one. It's not yeah. a lock yet, but hopefully yeah. we're talking about game one to be played Saturday or Sunday uh, I, I'll be on hand wherever it is. Phoenix, Memphis, Sacramento, wherever it is. Ground. Boots on the ground. Yep, that's what you do. Uh, we'll be talking to you from there, hopefully, uh, next Saturday from 10 to 1. For Craig Valentino, who's back from the Final Four, and Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Fox Sports Radio's next here on 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.